our home city, Boston, is an international hub of cultures, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Given our location, given our history, given the university's uh, mission and goals, it is important for us to continue this effort. In the business school, we have also been a, really a leader in global engagement and education. Welcome to Ramplify, a student-centered, career-focused podcast hosted by the Center for Career Equity, Development, and Success at Suffolk University. This podcast is used to highlight the resources offered in the university's Career Center, while amplifying the voices of everyone who contributes to our vibrant community. Did you know that Suffolk has its own campus global education committee? This special group of faculty and staff help the university maintain a global perspective when developing new strategies and resources. We spoke with the Dean of the Sawyer Business School, Dr. Amy Zhang, who leads the committee to learn more about their work and what the future might look like when it comes to globalization and preparing our students for a global workforce. So I am here with Dr. Amy Zhang from the Sawyer Business School at Suffolk University. And my name is Sarah Burroughs, and I'm the Director of Career Communities in the Career Center. So Amy, I have read the FY22 report from the Suffolk International Engagement Committee and found it so informative that I'd really like to surface some of the current key ideas and initiatives for this upcoming year for a wider audience to learn about. So can you describe the intended purpose of the International Engagement Committee and explain to us what you wanted to lead, why you wanted to lead this group? Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about international engagement, which is one of my passions and very interesting areas for several years. To answer your question, what's the intended purpose of this committee? A few years ago, there was a decision from the university level to coordinate and organize the efforts around the campus to centralize to one place so that every offices and every services can be guided and also coordinated to make improvements and progress in terms of global engagement or international engagement. Back then, there was a VP of International Affairs and he organized this committee. So that was my first year. And at the end of my first year, he left. And the purpose, again, is to really unify all the resources and efforts from different parts of the campus. And as I mentioned to you, I'm very passionate about international education and engagement. And at the same time, the Sword Business School has been a leader in global education at Suffolk. So I thought my leadership will not only, well, lead the whole university's effort, but also we can share the business school's practices and experiences with the entire campus. So I volunteered to lead this committee. It's a wonderful committee and consists of members from all the three academic units and multiple offices around the campus. So I just finished my second year leading the committee, 
And uh, I'm so happy, so thrilled to have this opportunity to share more ideas and thoughts we have and answer any questions that you may have through this through today's session. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Could you tell me more about the value of enhancing Suffolk's global identity and strategy? Very good question and a very good question to begin this conversation. Whenever you talk about strategy and identity, you need to think about the strategic plan and also the history of the university. And Suffolk University has always been at the forefront of global education. And I'd like to quote a few items here just to set the, the stage, right, to provide the context. If you look at Suffolk's mission and it says, quote, we provide students with experiential and transformational learning opportunities that begin in the center of Boston, reach across the globe, and lead to extraordinary outcomes. And part of the vision of Suffolk University indicates, quote, Suffolk University will be a leader in experiential learning known nationally and internationally for excellence in providing students access to real-world and global learning opportunities through outstanding academic and co-curricular programs and partnerships, end quote. And part of this vision is also included and written in Suffolk University's Strategic Plan 2025. In particular, the Strategic Plan aims to offer an education that prepares students to be global thinkers who can succeed in a rapidly evolving employment landscape and an increasingly global community. So as you can see as a background and also context, Suffolk has been really ambitious to be a leader in global education and in preparing the future global force. And so strategically, it's very important for Suffolk to do that. And also because of our location, our home city, Boston, is an international hub of cultures, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Given our location, given our history, given the university's uh, mission and goals, it is important for, uh, for us to continue this effort, right? In the business school, we have also been a, really a leader in global engagement and education. And I just want to mention one particular example. We just finished revising our core curriculum for the undergraduate BSBA program. And we have a theme, actually, maybe a slogan for, for our curriculum. And we want to call it Boston Depth, Global Breath, and Knowledge into Action. So we are fully embracing the university's strategic plan. And we want to continue leading this effort at the university level. And, and we want to contribute to this effort to prepare global thinkers, global uh, citizens, and global leaders. Just a fun fact to quote, right, and to indicate or showcase Suffolk's effort in this area. In the latest 2023 U.S. News and World Report rankings, Suffolk is ranked number three in Massachusetts in terms of international student population, in percentage of international student population. So we are just behind BU and Northeastern University. So this Ranking also indicates we are a very global campus or international campus in terms of how many students that, that come from different parts of the world to come here to study. At the same time, our students go out to explore the, the, the entire globe and 
to enrich their learning. So I think in many perspectives, the value is enormous, and it's very important for Suffolk University to continue being at that space and also being a leader in global education and engagement. Amy, that's wonderful that mm-hmm. that you outlined the stra- strategic purpose of mm-hmm. what Suffolk is doing currently and where it's come from. Can you outline what initiatives in the curricula are being invested in currently with the intention of expanding any programs or just continuing programs such as the travel seminar courses, the global internships, or the global education roadmap? Sure. The curricula is one of the four areas the International Engage Committee has been working on. I would also say it's the central core of the entire committee because the curriculum, the programs really drive everything else, right? Faculty support, student support, and our international partnerships. So I'm glad that you particularly asked about the curricula, right? And and also any spe- specific actions and, and plans for this particular area. Uh, I want to say from several perspectives, we plan to improve and expand the curricula. So you mentioned travel seminar course. This has been really a signature course in probably every curriculum, right, at every level, uh, especially at the Sorbonne Business School, we offer a good number of travel seminar courses. But from the university's perspective, uh, I see several directions to expand. Uh, first of all, for example, we would like to add more, hopefully it's College of Arts and Sciences can offer more travel seminar courses. And and second area is we would allow students from different disciplines, programs, and even academic units, right? Whether being law school student or a college of arts and sciences students or business school students, they can take travel seminar courses together. So far, almost every travel seminar course has been limited to specific discipline or specific major. We don't. We we are not allowing cross-disciplinary participation yet, but I think travel seminar courses really cover a wide wide range of topics, right? And everybody can learn something uh, from that one travel course. So I, this is a second direction. I hope uh, faculty can work together to uh, to give more students the opportunity and also allow more students to interact. And the third direction is to provide more training for faculty because these are faculty-led travel seminar courses. That's actually the main feature of the travel seminar courses. Faculty design the the course, even travel with the students, right? And then, of course, completely take the responsibility for the course. But uh, I've noticed that there's not much training available for faculty, especially those who have never designed or delivered a travel seminar course before. So this past year, we hosted a couple of uh, workshops, virtual seminars, to invite interested faculty to learn how to design a course, travel seminar course, and how to manage all the uncertainties and possible problems. It had, so both the, the workshop was really received very positive feedback. So we plan to continue doing that. So those are some of the areas we plan to improve the travel seminar courses. And the second piece of the curriculum is the global internships. We have so many international students, the demand is always growing, but this particular item has been challenging. So it's still in discussion how we can 
provide global internships, uh, what partners we can work with to provide those internships. So your career center will be a major player and also a big partner to work with this community to figure out. I remember we had some conversations before. We need to continue those discussions. The third area is the global education roadmap, right? This is actually one of the Sora Business School's uh, initiatives. I initiated this discussion because I think we have many pieces related to global education, but but it's not but it's not clear what specific skill sets and comp competencies we should we should help students acquire and how can we evaluate them right and how can we ensure <clears throat> every student will be able to equip themselves with these global uh, skills so we need a very clear roadmap throughout the students journeys here um, whether they are undergraduate students or graduate students so basically, we are trying to look at the skill sets, the competencies, and then map the courses with those skill sets and competencies. So that will give us a clear idea where we are, whether we have uh, enough courses to teach uh, students those skill sets. So the main goal is to really increase the participation rate, because right now we, we cannot really claim every student will acquire these skill sets. I'm hoping that we can increase the participation rate so that we can really say we are preparing global citizens and global leaders. And also we want to enhance the skill sets and through these, this effort, we, we want to make sure students will be employable and increase their possibility to get great jobs in the global environment. So those are some of the ideas we are trying to do. We are hoping that once the business school has developed this roadmap, it could be adopted or shared with other two academic units on campus. So then eventually the whole university will be able to claim that we are truly preparing global leaders and thinkers and citizens with particular skill sets. Amy, thank you for all of that. It's, it's very, very helpful. Will there be a push to expand or shift global partnerships? And can you describe two or three partnership programs that you find particularly important? Sure. Let me talk about the, the possible expansion or, or any shift, right? Right now, the uh, Suffolk University has over 80 international partners, <laughs> but not all of them are active. So there's no rush for us to expand more partners, right? The effort should be really focused on what have been happening to those partnerships. Are they active or what are there any concrete results or outcomes from those partnerships? So we are in the process of working with various offices, right, to identify the active partners and then uh, any achievements, any good results that they can share, right? So I guess the focus is not about having more. It's more about quality and depth and also sustainability of those partnerships. So that's the first part. And in terms of shifting possible partners, I would say yes, definitely, because the world is changing so quickly. And because of the geopolitical reasons or safety issues, right? We do have to shift partners or focus periodically. So I think in overall right now, uh, we are 
always trying to be very careful to select possible partners. And this is why the, the subcommittee, International Partnership sub Subcommittee, has established a formal process for evaluation and selection. So for any new partnership, um, there will be a well-established process for review and selection. So we try to collect inputs from various stakeholders to make sure this partner or potential partner will be viable, will be beneficial. So that didn't happen before. In the past, okay, you you have you were approached by some university from whatever part, maybe from parts of the world, and you you just want to do it. And it was pretty easy. Okay, you do it, sign the paper, that's it. But now we go through a very careful selection process. At the same time, we also track uh, what's happening to the partnership. And uh, when it's when it's time to renew the partnership, we also review the results and uh, achievements. So, so those are some of the areas that we are trying to work, work on. And I'd like to share a couple of great examples I feel we're doing very well. And the first one is a partnership with University, Fudan University in Shanghai, China. This is a more research-oriented collaboration. So I actually don't really know when this partnership started, but I know the conference, the international workshop organized by the two universities, Suffolk University and Fudan University. And so the two universities take turn to host this international conference. And of course, in the pandemic, it stopped. It became virtual. I actually attended a virtual version um, a couple of years ago. And the, f the workshop is focused mm -hmm urban ecological security and sustainability. Uh, so the abbreviation is UESS. So at each workshop, presenters from both universities, including students and faculty, share their research results, projects, right, or new courses, right, anything related to the theme of the conference. And it has been going on for a few years, and this year, Actually, in two weeks, um, the conference will will happen, will occur at Suffolk. Um, but some of the, I guess, pre presenters from Fudan Uni University cannot come, but we are doing hybrid version. So I have been invited to speak, so I like to talk about this, this partnership. I think it has been fruitful and very effective and has been a great uh, bridge uh, for two universities to share research ideas. Uh, and also the topic is very current and timely, right? Especially considering today the climate change, right? So uh, global warming, all these issues. So those important areas in terms of research and also teaching and learning are all addressed in this international workshop. So that's one example. The second example is through business school with the School of Management in Fribourg, Switzerland. This partnership started actually during the pandemic so the two groups of students worked virtually together through two classes, uh, respective classes, and worked a project <laughs> related to uh, entrepreneurship. So it worked so well that it continued. And then eventually, I think the partnership even flourished even more. So the dean came to Boston to visit me and talked about travel seminar courses and other study abroad opportunities and other opportunities. And so eventually um, they sent two groups of students last year, last spring, 
one EMBA class and one MBA group uh, to Boston to visit us to do their travel seminar course. And this spring, we sent our MBA students to Freiburg, Switzerland for also travel seminar course. And now we're also talking about faculty research collaboration, especially with a focus on sustainability and also corporate responsibility. So you can see we started with a fairly small project, all right, just a student project, a class-based project. And now eventually we signed MOU and the travel seminar courses in two ways will happen every year, especially every spring. And this fall, we are going to welcome two students from Switzerland, from that university, for study abroad, for one semester study abroad. And of course, we can also send our students to their university for study abroad. So I, I, this is a very typical partnership, and it involves multiple pieces from teaching, research, and also experiential learning and extracurricular activities. So this is a great model. I'm hoping that we can duplicate that model to several other partnerships. So, yeah. So those are two examples I'd like to share through this session. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So Amy, thank you so much for that. Could you move on and describe the Global Perspectives Inventory and who currently administers the inventory, the pre and post model? And would you see value in the Career Center's involvement with that? Okay, good. The so-called GPI, per Global Perspective uh, Inventory, uh, GPI, it's a survey, comprehensive survey designed by Iowa State University through their Research Institute for Studies in Education. It has been adopted by many institutions around the country. So at Suffolk, the OIRA, Office of Institutional Research and Assessment, administers this survey and through different courses. So at the undergraduate level, there are several so-called CGP courses social, cultural, global perspective courses. So there are several courses that use this survey to evaluate students' learning. And especially um, the survey assesses a global and holistic view of student learning and development and the importance of the campus environment in fostering holistic student development. And the survey measures how students think view themselves as people with cultural heritage and relate to others from other countries, backgrounds, and values. And so the survey has been conducted for several years and the results, annual results are posted and made available by uh, this office, OIRA. In terms of careers centers involvement, I wanna just mention um, one particular thing or reading I learned from recent reading. The, the GMAC, so this is, although related to just management or business education, I think the findings can be quite representative for, for the current world and current market. So the GMAC recruiter survey, the latest recruiter survey, indicates that students' ability to communicate effectively across cultures, so in general, the communication skill is still very highly valued by recruiters. And students' ability to communicate also through a wide range of media, uh, ability to lead multi-generational workforce through uncertain times, 
and the knowledge of technology in order to adopt the right technologies to drive innovation. These three skill sets are still highly valued. So the, the very first one, I think, is particularly re is relevant to this GPI survey and everything we try to do, right? Every uh, important skills we, we try to give students. Um, because communication is no longer just talk to each other or pr making presentations. It's actually the ability to communicate, as the survey mentioned, the ability to communicate uh, through multiple media uh, and um, also across different cultures. And it's very important. And the recruiters also believe, or the employers also believe, that they are becoming more uh, global and, and also more interacted, and, so, and also hybrid as well. So as a result, communication in different formats through different channels uh, is becoming very important. So I think as a as career center, right, it's important for the career center to understand the values, um, the, the uh, communication values and skills valued by the market. And then the career center can work with academic units to make sure we prepare students, right? We uh, equip students with the, those skills through classes, projects, or extracurricular activities. Um, so it's... It's a, I think it's a bilateral effort for, for the career center. So I think in, gen, in overall, this survey will provide a lot of indicators just to see how our students are performing against those metrics. Uh, so we can utilize the results to better design our curriculum and also select the right pedagogy and delivery approach uh, to make sure our students eventually have acquired those skills. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to share about Suff Suffolk's global engagement? Yes, I, I do have quite a few and also very exciting uh, items I'd like to share with you. The first is, uh, I want to say, Rosenberg Institute for East Asia, East Asian Studies. Have you ever heard of that? Rosenberg Institute? No, right? It's not that visible, but it has been doing a lot of great things, and I'm on the advisory council, so I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce Rosenberg Institute to the audience. So Rosenberg Institute was created by the, one of the biggest donors at Suffolk University, Dick uh, Rosenberg, a few years ago. So it's an endowed uh, institute, research institute, and it provides grants for faculty travel and also uh, grants to support inter international travel seminar courses, especially those that travel to Asia or Far East. Also, they select or uh, sponsor several Rosenberg scholars around the world to study, at, not really study, at, but share results, share their research with faculty at Suffolk. So it's, it's been a wonderful resource, actually, for both faculty and students. And I have tried to promote the, the institute as much as possible. So it's definitely a great uh, center to showcase one of Suffolk's global engagement efforts. And the institute aims to elevate awareness and bring academic depth to important economic, cultural, and historical issues involving the Far East. So that's one item I'd like to share. 
The second center I like to share is actually within the School of Business. It's called National Center for Public Performance. The center's name is a kind of misleading because the center is actually very global. One of their great activities is uh, an annual international conference that bring practitioners, scholars, and government officials together to share their new results, new practices in the public sector. So the conference draws experts and practitioners around the world to share their ideas. And that's why I said the center name is a little bit misleading, but this also indicates an international engagement at Suffolk University. The third, what I like to, to, to mention is the Fulbright Scholars. Uh, I don't know whether you know, uh, at Suffolk University, quite a few faculty members have won Fulbright Scholars. And uh, I think faculty in, in law school, definitely in, S and in, in SBS, uh, I'm not sure if there's any faculty in CES that has received scholarship, but there are quite a few faculty that have successfully received this scholarship. And the scholarship has enabled them to travel to different parts of the world. For example, at Sawyer Business School, we have faculty that spend time in, in Israel, in different parts of Asia, and to conduct their research. So this is a very active effort. And we also hosted a workshop last year to help other faculty to learn how to apply for Fulbright scholarships. This past spring, just a, couple, a few months ago, we hosted the 29th International Business Forum of the Global Business Alliance of New England. And the event went so well that the organization wants to come back and ask Suffolk to host it again. <laughs> so we're going to host, it, host their 30th International Business Forum next February. Just last week, or yesterday, the uh, the school, the university has been talking to uh, Boston City, a city of Boston office for various collaborations. So yesterday, Dave and I, and also Boris, have met uh, a few a few members from the city of Boston office to talk about collaborations. And one of the areas they mentioned is global affair in Boston, because Boston is such an international city. And they also like to know how we can better manage the international partnerships with different cities around the world. Um, so that actually coincides um, the effort at the Suffolk as well, as I mentioned. We want to know how we have been working with our partners and how can we document the success and achievements and also showcase at the same time we can improve our practice in managing and working with international partners. So these are some of the areas I, I like to highlight and share uh, through this session. Are there any questions or any areas I, you want me to elaborate on or you want to hear more? I think it's just quite amazing mm. how multifaceted this mm -hmm. effort is. Mm -hmm. And as you say, you really want to surface these efforts mm -hmm. and make the community understand more about what's happening with global engagement on so many different levels. So I don't really have questions, just a statement of being impressed with the level and mm -hmm. breadth and depth of the effort mm -hmm. that's being made around global education and global engagement. So yeah. I want to thank you so much for your time today and sharing all these wonderful initiatives with the community. You are welcome. As I said, I, I was just so thrilled to have this opportunity to talk about 
many in、uh, many wonderful things Suffolk University has been doing. So hopefully this、uh, podcast will help more people be, be become aware of、uh, our achievements, our efforts, and then we can work together more to、uh, to make more progress and make impacts together. Excellent.、Okay. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at suffolk.edu/career-center and follow us on social media at suffolk_careers. <laughs>